Well, this morning our Easter text is John chapter 20, verses 1 through 20. Remember, beloved, these are the very written words of God. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there, and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Indeed, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our Lord stands forever, and may he add his blessing to it. Amen. Well, not long ago, I watched a fascinating documentary that related to the burial cave of Jesus. The story goes back to about, a 30, about 132 AD, about 100 years after the death and resurrection of Jesus. The Roman emperor at the time was Hadrian. And in order to really put it to the Christians in Jerusalem, he had a temple to Venus built over the burial cave of Jesus, which was a well-known site to Christians in the early second century. Well, historically speaking, it really is amazing how things can change because by the early 300 AD, 300s AD, a Roman emperor named Constantine had come to power, and he was very sympathetic with Christianity. And when word got back to him 
that Jesus's tomb was located under that Roman temple. He had the Roman temple raised to the ground. And according to Eusebius, the excavations beneath it revealed a rock-cut tomb. Constantine had the top of the tomb sheared off to expose the interior. And in order to protect it, he built a church over the site. And not only did he build a church over the site, he had another smaller building that people referred to as an edicule, which means small building, built directly over the burial cave. So you had a building within a building to protect the burial cave of Jesus. Today, that church is called the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. And there still is an edicule that protects the burial cave of Jesus. Well, in 2016, a $4 million renovation project was started to stabilize the edicule because its foundations were literally crumbling. And it was feared that the building would collapse and totally destroy the tomb. And so they got to work. But the most interesting thing about the documentary was when the archaeologists were given 60 hours and only 60 hours to remove the marble slab that was on top of the limestone shelf on which it was said that the body of Jesus was laid after the crucifixion. They wanted to see if the site could be dated back to the time of Constantine because if so, it would confirm this was the right site. So long story short, when they removed the marble slab that had been placed there in 1555, they found another marble slab with a cross that they did not know about. So they took a sample of the mortar that was underneath the second slab and had it analyzed and dated. And it dated to the 300s AD, connecting it with Constantine's time and making it almost certainly the burial cave of Jesus. That is incredible. Truly incredible. They also scanned the eticule with ground-penetrating radar and found out that inside the eticule there were still the limestone walls of the cave. Well, the climax came when they removed the mortar and the debris from underneath Constantine's slab and exposed the actual limestone shelf on which the body of Jesus had been laid, the same limestone shelf that the Apostle John was looking at in our passage on that first Easter morning. To me, it's incredible that we can see the same limestone shelf that John saw on that morning. 
Well then, like now, it was empty. And after seeing that empty shelf, and after noticing the grave clothes that were there, and after seeing the face cloth that had been on Jesus' head folded up by itself, verse 8 reads that John saw all that and believed. But the question is, what did he believe? Simply put, there are two options. The first option is that when John went into the empty tomb, okay, seeing no one there, and seeing the grave cloths, and seeing the face cloth wrapped up by itself in verse 7, after seeing all that, he believed Christ had been raised from the dead. Okay, that's when he believed, according to the first view. Because what kind of robbers are going to steal a body and tidy up before they leave? You know, what kind of robbers are going to steal a body and then fold up a face cloth and put it by itself? And so according to this view, when John saw that the face cloth had been folded up by itself, that's when he knew that Jesus was the one who had folded it up by itself. And therefore, Jesus had been raised from the dead and therefore he believed in the resurrection. That's view number one. Okay, view number one. View number two is much more straightforward. That after seeing the empty tomb and after seeing the grave clothes, John believed what Mary Magdalene had said to him and Peter back in verse two, namely that the body had been taken. In view number two, both Peter and John leave the tomb that morning thinking that the body of Jesus had been taken. Okay, which makes sense of what they did in verse 10. Verse, number, verse 10 says they just went back to their homes rather than announcing his resurrection to the world. Um, that makes sense. That after seeing everything and believing the words of Mary, that the body had been taken, they just went back home. The clincher, though, is what John wrote in John 20, verse 9. Because it's there that he explains why he and Mary and Peter didn't get it. Why they thought the body had been taken. And we're going to look at verse 9 in just a few minutes. There's also a very relevant passage in Luke that I want us to consider. And this is important because of what it means regarding the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know, for years, I had the first view. And John went into the tomb. He saw the grave closed. He saw the face cloth uh, folded up by itself. And from that, he inferred resurrection and believed. But I don't think that that's the right view anymore. I think it took much more to convince him that Jesus had been raised from the dead, and Mary, and Peter as well. So let's read verses 1 through 9 together and see what we can learn. I'd like you to keep your Bibles open or your worship guide handy because we're going to be getting into the text, and it's very interesting and very edifying. Verse 1. Now on the first day of the week, 
Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Okay, now just a quick note here. Mary Magdalene was not alone. We know from the other Gospels that there were at least two other women who had gone there with her. Verse 2 starts out, she, she ran. Uh, John says she, because we know, again from harmonizing the Gospels, that Mary Magdalene ran away from the empty tomb by herself without the other women. The other women stayed behind. We also know that Mary Magdalene ran away before the angels appeared and proclaimed that Jesus had been raised from the dead. And therefore, when Mary Magdalene ran back to tell Peter and John what she said to them makes total sense. We'll get to that in a moment. Verse 2. She ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple. The other disciple is John, the writer of this gospel. She ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Friends, her desperate message to Peter and John was that the body of Jesus had been taken. Okay, and that fact was extremely distressing to her. Let's keep going, verses 3 through 8. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and that's John, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. Okay, let's stop here again briefly. Friends, the specific details of this passage were obviously written by an eyewitness, by someone who was there, um, clearly written by John, who said that he got there first but didn't go in, but Peter got there second, but he did go in completely consistent with Peter's character. The details of this text were written by an eyewitness. They were written by none other than John himself. Verse 5. And stooping to look in, John saw that the linen cloths were lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloth lying there, and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. Believed what Mary had said in verse 2, that the body was taken. Verse 9 makes that clear. Look at verse 9. For as yet they did not understand, which means they still did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. The NIV translates it this way exactly. Quote, they still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead, meaning they still did not understand even after they went inside, saw the empty tomb and the grave clothes. You see, they didn't understand from the Old Testament scripture that the Messiah would die and rise. So they didn't even consider a resurrection. None of them did at this point. 
because it, it was just inconceivable that the Messiah could first of all die and rise. And so they weren't anticipating it. They weren't expecting it, so they didn't consider it. Luke 24 also confirms this by telling us about the two disciples who left Jerusalem on that day, on the first day of the week, on that Sunday, to travel the road to Emmaus. One was named Cleopas, and Luke tells us that Cleopas and another disciple left Jerusalem later that day, this is key, after having been with the eleven, which included John, after he got back in the upper room, when a group of women came back telling them, reporting to them, that Jesus had been raised from the dead. That group included Mary after Jesus had appeared to her. And Luke 24, 11 tells us how the 11 and how Cleopas and how that other disciple responded. Quote, it seemed to them an idle tale. In other words, the whole group, including John, thought that the women were saying or telling crazy stories. Here's the point. The testimony of the women that Jesus had been raised from the dead, despite that, Cleopas and the other disciple left that day for Emmaus still in a state of unbelief. And their view was the view of the eleven, including John. At the point at which those two disciples, later in the day, left for Jerusalem, none of them believed in the resurrection. So why am I spending so much time on this? I'm spending so much time on this because I want you to understand how skeptical these disciples were, how much they did not anticipate the Messiah dying and rising, including John, and what it took for them to believe that Jesus had been raised from the dead. Mary Magdalene, Mary Magdalene, perhaps Jesus' most, most faithful disciple, wasn't going to believe until she saw him and spoke to him. And neither was Peter, and neither was John. And John chapter 20, verse 9, tells us why. They did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Okay, it's kind of like the Trinity. The Trinity is in the Old Testament. But it took the light of the New Testament to help the church understand that there are three persons in the one God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all very God, a very God. It's in the Old Testament. It's in the Old Testament, veiled in a sense, and it took the light of the New Covenant Scriptures to help us understand um, more about the Trinity. In the same way, aspects of the Christ's dying and rising were in the Old Testament, for example, in Psalm 16, but they were veiled. Okay, they were hard for the historical audience, for those who were living in these times to understand. And neither Mary, nor Peter, nor John had categories for a resurrected Messiah. Okay, so seeing the empty tomb and the grave clothes didn't mean anything to them, you know, early in the story, other than that somebody had taken the body. Friends, 
Here's the deal. To me, this, this proves one thing. There was only one thing that could have convinced Jesus' most beloved disciples that God had actually raised him from the dead. Seeing him, touching him, talking to him, nothing less than that would have convinced these people, not even seeing an empty tomb, not even seeing his grave clothes would convince them. Only seeing him, touching him, talking to him, interacting with him could have convinced these people. And the fact that they were convinced, the fact that they ended up giving their lives, proclaiming that he had raised from the dead, means one thing, one beautiful, wonderful, life-changing thing, that it's true. Every word of it regarding his resurrection is actually true. Beloved, the Lord Jesus Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen and amen.